A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Howdy there, Pod Swafters. Luke Owen here. You might recognize me from the Wrestle Ramble. Now, this is just a very quick note. The episode will play out absolutely as normal, but I just wanted to let you know that we pre recorded this episode on Thursday, as we usually do, which means that when we're talking about the pre sale tickets for Ring of Honor's show, Ring of Honor and New Japan show, I should say, at Madison Square Garden, we are slightly out of date. This was when we thought that they only sold 60% of their tickets rather than the 80% that was recorded, uh, that was reported rather the following day and now the show is 100% sold out thanks to its general sales so some of the information is slightly out of date but the point still remains so you know you understand you get it uh, anyway enjoy the show support wrestle talk give us a subscribe making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy hailing from london the wrestle ramble podcast Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swerve Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm feeling nervous, man, about the whole studio uncertainty. No, I know. We oh, talk no. about it a little bit in the episode you're about to hear, but we've got... You, you've had a bit of a tough old week with the uh, the new studio, haven't you? I, I, I had it down to three options, two really good ones and one wild card and uh one of the options has come back as completely unfeasible the other one is you know i feel funny about now and the other one is 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 kind of patchwork yes at best yeah it's a bit yeah it's it's not it's a band-aid when it needs to be uh like if you've got a leak Mm. we've we've been in the same place forever folks so this is a big move. It's we only, need to move. Yeah, it's the only place I've ever known. Yeah, yeah. Um, but have you got any plans for the weekend when you've got to try and put all that oh, out of your mind? Yeah, I'm, so I'm not doing the news tomorrow, which is yesterday. You are. I am indeed. I'm off to a winery. Ooh, Ooh this you. is my birthday present hope yours from is, ages is, ago. I hope yours is as cool as Richard was. Yeah, I hope so. He Who invented wine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... Uh, so the wine tour... The only time we could get it booked in, and we put this months ago, is 10.30 a.m. So I would have had seven glasses of wine by midday. 
Oof, hello, mate. So I don't know how the rest of the day is going to plan out. Yeah, that's yeah. that seems a bit might be in a very right. Although a lot with these wine tasting things, although they say glasses, they give you a very tiny amount because you're only meant mm. to to tasting. Sure. Not an actual. You're not meant to be drinking. You're just meant to be tasting the wine. Oh, that's quite lovely. But like we were there. We tasted, I think. 10 different wines we were there but really it only amounted to one glass of wine okay. when all, all told I don't know if I'm comforted or disappointed by that mm. I was kind of looking forward to being sloshed by 1pm <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm going to a wedding uh, today for one of um, Hans, so my wife's uh, like a nickname then for one of her um, sort of like childhood friends childhood chums mm. going to her wedding so that's gonna be quite nice so hanging out with my in-laws and my sister-in-law and her boyfriend your best mate mickey so mickey. that should be quite good fun as well because he can be he's a he's a good drinker is mickey so that should be quite a laugh my wife may have to i don't want to be the luke owen of that wedding because i usually i'm usually the luke owen of any wedding um, what do you mean the luke owen of any well wedding? I've, I've somehow got myself a bit of a reputation at weddings of just i, I enjoy table wine and I, right. I enjoy table wine quite a lot. And by that point, by you the, don't know portions are tricky to keep because, a because tab just, on. People are just filling yeah, up yeah. glasses. You don't know how much you've drunk, but you. Oh yeah, up, top me up, please. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Before you know it, you've drunk all the bottles, and you don't know like how much that really was to you. Mm. And the excitement of the wedding, the disco is playing. And I'm usually up there trying to outdance people who are clearly better dancers than I am. And I just get known. I've got a reputation among my friends now of you are the Luke Owen of any wedding. And people go to other weddings being like, it's my aim to be the Luke Owen of this wedding. So I'm going to try not to be the Luke Owen of this wedding. I want to try and have a nice time and not just be the... Waking up the following morning and not being able to eat the breakfast you get in a bit at a hotel because your, your stomach just feels a little bit tender. As I've put it, you ha- I had one too many dances. Was I the Luke Owen at your wedding? No, you were not the Luke Owen at my wedding. And I'd say that I wouldn't even say that my friend Gary was the Luke Owen at my wedding. He got naked. Well, yes, my mum had to tell him off. Um, yeah, I, because I never get that far. Like he went far way beyond the yeah. reaches that I would normally get to. Stripped down. Exactly. Yeah, I keep my clothes on mm. like a distinguished gentleman uh, with my bow tie. Well, and up until now, maybe Saturday this could all change. It could all change, man. Whipping the shirt up up above your head, swinging yeah. it round. Like Seth Rollins with a title, <laughs> tying a tie yeah, around your head because yeah, yeah. that's what the cool kids do. Uh, and then on Sunday, probably doing a bit of recovery. Got to get planning for honeymoon type stuff, really, because mm. that's that's coming up very soon. So you know, got a bit of busy time. I, I still object to you calling this holiday a honeymoon. Why? Because the the one you went to after the holiday was a honeymoon. It was like a short break. It was like ten days. No, it wasn't. How long was it? It was a. No, it might be five days. It was five days. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was obviously the honeymoon. This is a this is a holiday. No, I'm happy for you. This is very much. Well, no, because not because this is like the money that we have spent on this was sure. money that we were given as wedding presents. So this is our official honeymoon. Okay. As opposed to the other one, we just we paid for that out of our own pocket. Okay. Uh, do you want a Rusev? Hey, before we get into the show? yes. So this is from uh, our friend Jaron Walker, the man who is now. Um, sleeping with ladies in Bullet Club t-shirts. Get he, in there. As he quite proudly Who promotes. wants to walk with Jaron? That's his Walker. segment name. Um, so he has uh, actually emailed in. You came up with this, didn't you, about like Rusev Hayes, but if it's about a rude wrestler. Uh, a Rusev Dismay? Is that oh what you wanted man, to call? I can't remember what it was called. Or Rusev Ney? Rusev Ney sounds about right. And if you think you saw a wrestler, but you can't be 100% certain... So Rusev May? It should be. 
Uh, hey guys, so I heard the email uh, you read out about Robbie E being a tool to a kid, and it reminded me about, and this is quite timely, a Madison Square, Madison Square Garden house show in 2012 that my sister, my father, and I went to on WWE's holiday tour. My dad works in a children's doctor's office where lots of people from various professions come in with their children and apparently give the, uh, give the people who work in the office free stuff, free beer, t-shirts, things like that. Conveniently, one of the people to come into my dad's office was a security guard for WWE. WWE. I don't know if he still works for the company, but at the time he was very generous to my father and I, where he would give us free merch tickets to wrestling events. Humble brag time, he gave me a form to purchase tickets to WrestleMania 29 before anyone else. However, the 13-year-old kid I was at the time couldn't buy myself a couldn't buy myself a bottle of water, so I got nosebleed seats. Anyway, one of the events we got to go to was in December at Madison Square Garden the day after Christmas, where after the show, many fans, including my dad, my sister and I, waited outside to see the wrestlers leaving the arena in a sanctioned barricade viewing area. To my surprise, most wrestlers didn't even acknowledge the fans, which really crushed my, crushed my childhood. For starters, John Cena understandably went out the back unnoticed. I guess I can give him a pass because he's probably the most famous wrestler of the last 15 years. However, the wrestlers I got to see walk out barely gave any time of day to us. Darren Young walked out and his head held down avoiding anyone asking for a high five. Daniel Bryan walked out with Cody Rhodes and all the fans broke out to a yes chant. I'm guessing kayfabe is important to him because during this, this was during his no run and he completely ignored <laughs> us all as well as Cody. Eve Torres came out and I stood right next to her as my sister screamed out, you're so beautiful. <laughs> Eve Torres looked at my sister, scoffed, got in her car and took off. Ryback and Paul Heyman, remember when they were a team? Yeah. Ryback and Paul Heyman ran out of the arena, got in separate cars and ignored the fans as well. However, Titus O'Neil and Brodus Brodus Clay came out and talked to, took pictures with as many people as possible. I wasn't able to get a high five due to the fact that everyone rushed the barricade, but that's cool. Maybe it was a long night. Maybe Kayfay was still alive at the time. I'm pretty sure Eve Torres was a face at the time, though. But as a kid, it really hurt to see some of my favorite people I grew up watching didn't even wave to me. Thanks. That's from Jaron Walker. That's a real shame, man. But it's the day after Christmas. You know, these people haven't been with their families. Yeah. You know, I think it really sucks that they have to do a show on Christmas Day. I think that, that's really Yeah, bad. Raw was on Christmas Day last oh, year. And it's going to be the same year. So you're going to be the day after Boxing Day again. Mm. Or the day beyond Boxing Day. Although I don't think the, the Americans really have a Boxing Day type deal like we do. They didn't have butlers, no. <laughs> so that, that isn't Absolutely not. But thank you so much for your email, um, Jaron. We are going to have more of those in the outro to this show. But here is the main show. We've got crap gimmicks, your mailbag questions. But more importantly, the exciting news about Ring of Honor and New Japan <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. And they've sold probably a handful of tickets thus far. Well, today we're kicking off with what I think is the, be- the like the biggest story of the week, really. You to say best, didn't you? Best, biggest, uh, and that is that the SuperCard show is already a huge success. This is the Madison Square Garden Joint New Japan and ROH G1 SuperCard event that's going on on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, the Saturday before WrestleMania, so the same night as NXT TakeOver. It's being held in WWE's spiritual home of MSG. What they call their mecca. Exactly. The first wrestling event to be held there that's non-WWE since the 1920s. So that's a huge deal in itself. And uh, you're like, okay, WWE 
actively tried to stop that from happening. Like, that's not just the reported thing. The Ring of Honor, uh, not not just Joe Coff. No, I think it was Joe Coff. So the COO of Ring of Honor, Joe Coff, he said, we had the date secured. Madison Square Garden signed off on it. WWE blocked it from happening and they returned the date. One call is all it took. Yeah. Thing is... ROH is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, which is an enormous, far more evil corporation than WWE. So they come in and they say, ah, no, mate. Contracts have been signed. WWE can't play this. Like, we're the bigger boys here. But it's like, legally, WWE couldn't block them because they'd signed dates. Exactly. But, like, usually WWE are used to being the top dog. So even though they don't really have a legal leg to stand on, see the two sweet season this sister from with the Young Bucks from last year, they can win just because they have more money to chuck at the problem. Like just look but sit like CM Punk's an example. He fought it though and he eventually came up on top. But really, who did come up on top? You had one big organization who was just like, aha, let's screw with this guy and CM Punk where he was fighting something for three years. Mm-hmm. He was hanging over him and all these relationships with friends. Pretty much. So the so that's the first loss for WWE, the fact that Sinclair come in and go, Nope, nope, we are doing this show and the the report at the time was that MSG did not want to take a legal bullet for WWE. Absolutely not. Well why would you? Why would you? Because at this point, if you're MSG WWE aren't putting on shows there anymore. They don't do TV tapings from there. They only do house shows every once in a while. Because now they're doing, because MSG is not actually suited to their needs because it's technically too small, they're doing things at the Barclays Centre. They're doing things elsewhere. So they don't so they're not putting on shows at, the, at Madison Square Garden anymore. So if you're MSG, you're like, why aren't we putting on wrestling with other companies? Yeah, it's like uh but okay, we got The Undertaker. That's that's great. We got Ronda Rousey, her first match. Sure, that's amazing. Yeah. But they're only house shows at the end of the day. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, where are the big pay-per-views coming live from Madison Square Garden? Oh, do you know, I always think of the Royal Rumble 2000 when you had the taxi cab over the thing. Love the way that Madison Square Garden looks with WWF pay-per-views and stuff. Back in the day, yeah, with the the short entrance to the ring and everything. And you can see the entrance as well because of the way that the building structures. You're looking at the entrance while you're looking at the ring. Back in the days when WWE television looked distinct (laughs) and exciting and different from each other rather than just all the same set (laughs) uh, with different graphics. But granted, those LED ring posts are awesome. Uh, So that was the first thing and the the show was going ahead. After it was called off and everything, ROH and New Japan surprised everyone by going, yep, it's happening at Madison Square Garden. On WrestleMania weekend. Yep, and you're gonna. We've got the Cody. Uh, we've got Cody. We've got the Bucks. Kazuchika Kurakada, Tetsuya Naito. They're all gonna be there. So come on down if you fancy it. And by the looks of things, a lot of people fancied it. Well, that yeah. So in the Wrestling Observer, Meltzer writes how that first, like not being able to block it. That's like one thing that's probably like Vince McMahon's probably there going, that was annoying. <laughs> so he's seething. Yeah. But then he's probably sitting back in his chair and going. But no one's going to see a bingo hall show like no, that. Exactly. No, exactly. No, no one's going to buy a Ring of Honor ticket. Like, yeah. their highest attendance rate's around the 5,000 mark, maybe even less than that. <laughs> no one's going to go and see that at Madison Square Garden. They haven't got a big name to put on there. They've got a mid-carder Cody Rhodes. Yeah, dashing Cody. What, what was his <laughs> name again? Didn't he have a moustache at one point? 
He was in several tag teams with people. Randy Orton's little protege <laughs> guy used to get him coffee. Uh, and that oh, I've lost where I was now. Sorry, we were talking about Vince McMahon just sitting yeah, yeah. back and just being like this. Pah, no one's going to go to that. Sure, there was that all-in thing, but that was only 10,000 tickets. That's a so, one-off. It's a one-off. It's a fluke. This, this a, a mistake, if you will. This one has 15,000 tickets. No way. Not on my home turf. No way, Jose. Where's and, he been? And then Joe, Joe Coff, in a statement to Post Wrestling and John Pollock, says that pre-sale only. So this was, that we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, tickets came online on Wednesday the 8th just for people who had signed up to Honor Club. Which is their version of the WWE Network. Yeah, like their streaming service. It has other perks, like you can... There's different tiers. Yeah, but you can't... Essentially, it's an Honor Club for a reason. Mm -hmm. You get lots of uh, perks and benefits. Like early access to tickets. 9,000 tickets were sold in the pre-sale on the first day. 9,000 tickets were sold just through people who already signed up. So, uh, we said this earlier, so not only do Avaroage got money out of people through, through Honor Club, now those people are buying tickets through them as well. So you're making even more money on top of this. This is a absolutely phenomenal win for Ring of Honor and New Japan. This is such a... This is monumental. Like, it was such a great result. I had, like You told me this story because I hadn't heard this until I came into the studio today. I had the biggest smile on my face when you told me because what a great story. Because I think, we're, and we've talked about it, we're apprehensive that maybe All In could be the bubble burst moment. Yeah. Uh, big empires usually get the most decadent and over the top just before they fall completely on their face. And th that's what I've got here. I'm like, oh, is All In going to be this big revolutionising thing for the wrestling scene where you'll have viable, more adult orientated alternatives to wwe or is that gonna be the end and actually wwe gonna crush it and buy everyone up and it's just gonna be 10 years of wwe unopposed and roman reigns matches in main events or is it gonna be that all in everyone bought into all in because it was the first of its kind but then wouldn't show up for events that happened after it because yeah. like, well we want to support all in because that's the big thing but i'm not gonna buy a ring of honor ticket the following week because i only really wanted to do all in as that big mega show yeah to be to be there for the first one yeah exactly but it turns out absolutely not it looks like this show is now going to sell out madison square garden and that in itself is absolutely it's it's awesome news. Do you want to do you want a fact? I well I've read this in the Observer so I already know okay. this. But I absolutely love this fact. So it's, I think it's just fascinating. Yeah. So if it does sell out and they've sold 9000 tickets, they've 60% of their tickets on the, the two days before they actually go on sale. Yep. <laughs> that's just an insane sentence. Uh that's uh so if it does go on to sell out very strong chance that it will. This will become the first pro wrestling event ever held in North America to do a $1 million gate that wasn't promoted by Vince McMahon. That's more than WCW. That's more than TNA ever did. ECW. It's a $1 million gate, man. It's insane. Uh, granted, there are, there are things like inflation in there, like a, you know, milk doesn't cost the same anymore. <laughs> it's your famous example. Mil yeah, milk was like 5p a pint in the 90s. And now it's £200 and you have to have a mortgage. I used to, back in my day, I would go to town with £5. That would mm. get me the bus in, the bus out, my cinema ticket and lunch. Yeah. It's like when people say, yeah, but Avatar beat Gone with the Wind. I'm like, but, but back then tickets were 20p. 
Yeah, to pay 20 quid because it's in 3D. Yeah, the 3D's the argument as well. So this is, uh, what a, all those caveats aside, it's still so, so impressive, considering that those WCW shows, sure, you, you account for inflation, but WCW was on national TV and was getting like four... Poinos in the ratings. Yes, they were getting like every eight, Monday. Eight million people were watching wrestling around that time. That's more than was watching wrestling at this point. Yeah, and ROH is you know a very. It's not even in every territory in the country. No, in in the states, and they've managed to do this. New Japan, even less so. Yeah, it's quite a niche product. You know, it's a Japanese product in in the United States. So it's just, it's so, so optimistic. Sorry, sorry I'm going to scroll down because there was another fact that I love here as well. So, oh, yeah. So this is a quote from The Observer. If it does sell out, and it would appear that would be that would be a given at this point, it would be the first pro wrestling show to sell out Madison Square Garden since October 3rd, 2015, which was built around Brock Lesnar's return to the building. Prior to that, WWE's last sellout was on December 27th, 2012, and that was a live Raw episode. So even WWE can't sell out Madison Square Garden. They couldn't sell out Madison Square Garden with Ronda Rousey and The Undertaker's first match in w- in MSG in eight years. Like, that drew 13,000 fans. It didn't sell out the place. And ROH and New Japan are looking to sell out the place. And that is a shot fired that directly is, at it, Vince just... McMahon because he, you know... His father promoted there. Yeah. Bruno Sammartino sold it out multiple millions of times. That's his... Da- like, it's... Vince McMahon loves that building so, so much. And for someone else to come in and sell it out when he currently can't, that is the biggest shot that could possibly be fired. That's a bigger shot than All In for me. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, we, we're all going crazy about All In. And that's still an amazing accolade and, and sort of milestone in wrestling. Uh, but this is 15,000. This is a This is 50% more tickets. It's So... As Meltzer points out in the Observer article on this, WWE are still so far above. Far They're making and away. so much so money. Far and away. The Fox TV deal, all the st- all the money making streams they've got coming in. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you were a rational, just like level headed business person, you would go, "That isn't the same product like we really uh, appeal to." That this might create some good competition. Let's try and make our product better. And uh, anyway, this, that's that's almost to the side we are still way ahead in revenue so terms. far and ahead like no one is offering ring of honor new japan impact a you know a multi-billion dollar deal to put them on television like no one is doing that but wrestling in wwe at least is still pretty carny and this is a family-run business who you know this is this is a man who suspended someone because he slightly pushed him and he was going to suspend him for like 90 days. It got reduced. This is the Titus O'Neil instance. And that man was dad of the year. Yeah. There are so many stories about Vince McMahon flying off the handle for little things. This is like three big things put together back to back. Who knows what's going to happen well, so, the back So, of yeah, that's like, that's speculate. What's the fallout going to be? The, the thing that Meltzer points out is probably the most obvious thing is... All those guys, all those chess pieces in the middle of the board that are ripe for the taking to the other side. Your Kenny Omega, whose contract expires at the end of January uh, in for, for New Japan. You've got the Young Bucks, don't know when their one expires, but Marty Skrull, just Pentagon. All these guys who don't are, aren't really like affiliated to one company long term, they suddenly have, like, their sky is 
their their price is never going to be higher than it is in the next six months for a wrestler and it's not like wwe don't have the resources and money so i think it's it's really going to come down to a principal thing i like if if kenny omega is offered 10 million dollars a year to wrestle for wwe like a brock lesnar level contract yeah like why wouldn't you i I, i'm not gonna say well you know wrestling blah 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 why you know i have no qualms with somebody who goes and does it there absolutely if that's not. the case well this is the thing is that the report was when all in sold out it was at that point it was the report was WWE can't do anything to stop all in now because it's sold out it's ten thousand seats so all you can really do is target the people that are on that show and they, they got one of them they got diana perrazzo to to sign in and she was part of the may young classic she she dropped out of all in to sign with wwe they didn't get any of the quote-unquote big names but this is a much bigger deal as i say because this is the madison square garden thing so can you imagine ROH New Japan they announced they've sold out Madison Square Garden with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks come January WWE signed those three people and take them off that show that's like that's what that's the that's a proper WWE move yeah is to just essentially like well we can't stop that show happening now but we can take away the pieces from it they've done it this year with WOS wrestling yeah and all that like they just accelerated these UK WWE UK plans without even having a, a network to put it on over here. They, they never sold the TV show in the end. And that was was so patently obvious from the NXT UK announcement. Triple H said, we're launching... That t-shirt's proper gone now. We're launching this brand. And that was it. And I turned to you and I said, they haven't got a TV deal. Mm. They've got absolutely nothing. They haven't even announced when it's going to be on the network. They've announced we're doing all these TV tapings. We're going to tape all these hours of TV. And I said to you, I was like, when? When's it airing? And the informed speculation is the reason they did this is so they could sign up lots of UK wrestlers to stop them wrestling for this new potential competitor. Which is on ITV, on ITV. in primetime. Yeah. And so this is definitely in their MO. That's only the most recent example. It's an example that happened like a couple of months ago. Yeah, pretty much. So, and you know, like from a business perspective, it makes total sense. Yeah. You can't really hate the players of this particular game, although they did write the rules of that that game back <laughs> yeah. in the 80s so it's 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 really really interesting but that's like it's not open and shut as wwe being the big boys like who's to say sinclair won't fork out some big money deals some of the boys get contracts with sinclair rather than an roh guaranteed deals wcw style they start putting some money into ring of honor mm-hmm. really up its production values put it out onto a much bigger channel put it out into much more syndication, give it a bigger audience for it to play with. Like, I, I mean, I, I said one of the other big stories I thought from the week, really, was All In signing a deal with WGN America. The first hour of All In is going to be available on cable television. That's that's a really big thing. That's available in more or less 80 million homes. Give mm-hmm. or take, you know, there's probably people who can't... Act. It's not part of their package. It might not be this and the other. But, ostensibly, it reaches out to 80 million homes, potentially. Yeah, and that that's massive. So could Sinclair do something big like this? Are they going to put out not as competition, but as a viable alternative? The same thing that Impact always that's always what they place themselves to be with a viable alternative to WWE. But then when Bischoff and Hogan came in, they were like, no, no, we're going to be competitors. We're going to go on Monday night head to head, and it just it flopped badly. Mm. You know, everyone fell flat on their face. But a smarter move would be let's put it on a different time. Let's put it on a different day but in a, to a big audience and will be an alternative. You've reminded me of 
the interviews that the Sinclair guys were doing before the big MSG show was actually announced and all that controversy kicked off with it being pulled by WWE and then it becoming back in. It was it wasn't the it wasn't Joe Coff, it was whoever the high up guy in Sinclair Broadcasting was and he was like, Look, all in just sold out ten thousand seats. That we we've all started paying attention to this now mm-hmm. because this is a real big money making opportunity and that's what businesses like money. So he he said yeah let, yeah we're going to start investing more in the production. Uh, we're going to put on this MSG show. That was where the first inkling of them running it came from. This this interview with like the Baltimore Times and the, their first venture into a larger show, doing this. In, in that shorter time space and quite clearly going to sell out beyond what WWE are doing. Like, that's only good news for ROH and Sinclair's faith in Ring of Honor as a product and, and more reinvestment into them. Not it's really that, exciting. Not only that, but you look at, um, and you just reminded me then of the interview that uh, Harold Meach did when talking about New Japan. His whole deal was like, look, our subscriber numbers cannot compete with what WWE do. They've got like 2 million subscribers. We have 100,000 subscribers. Like It's not even in the same ballpark, really. But that's not where the money is. The money is in TV deals. That's what WWE do very, very well, is they sign these big, lucrative TV deals. And as the first non-Japanese owner of, w, you know, of New Japan, president. Well, president, sorry, he that's what he wants to do. He wants to be, I'm a, I can speak. I'm a native English speaker, so I want to be able to go out to these countries and strike up these big TV deals and get New Japan the exposure outside of Japan mm. and get it out to a much wider market. And if there's all this extra money being pumped in from that the non-WWE side, it doesn't just become a case of WWE going, oh, we want some Omega, we want some Skull, we want some Young Bucks. It might become a case, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago, of the New Japan ROH Alliance going, we want Nakamura back. We want a Finn Balor back. Yeah. We want John Cena. We're going to make, <laughs> we're going to make the big money plays. Yeah. And as you say, like, can you imagine that come January, when Kenny Omega's deal comes up, they don't go over to WWE. Instead, they make the big announcement that we are signing exclusively with New Japan and we've got this deal with Ring of Honor. We're, as you said there, Sinclair make the big money offer instead rather than WWE. And then you have almost got that almost WCW-like mentality of starting to poach wrestlers when their contracts come up and bring talent over and create a viable alternative. But the difference this time round is that back in the 90s, it was it was even more carny and <laughs> all so those carny. wrestlers were just in it for the money. Whereas I, I genuinely believe now, two decades afterwards, a lot of the wrestlers are doing this because they love wrestling Absolutely. and they want to build something that lasts. Look at All In. I can, imagine, I can see someone like Cody for sure, Kenny Omega, The Bucks, Skrull, all of these guys, I could see them taking a lower offer to be with New Japan and Ring of Honor than taking the big money deal in WWE for that purpose of just like, we want to wrestle. You know, we want to make these big wrestling shows. We want to do the things that we love doing and make this a really and make this a success i can i can really see them going for something like that a lot can happen in the next 3 years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time for some crap gimmicks. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, I'm new to the show, what the heckins is a crap gimmick? Crap gimmick is our little segment we do here where you, the SWAF Nation, pitch to us your crap gimmicks that we could potentially sign to crap gimmick wrestling. We are the ones who holds the power. You hold the creativity. If you've got any suggestions, email them over luke at wrestletalk.com. I'll say that one more time. Luke at wrestletalk.com because I still get messages from people asking where to send them. It's luke at wrestletalk.com. Dot com. You're already filtering yourself out. <laughs> That's the, the, the first hurdle. You've tripped over it onto your face. And someone made the suggestion as well. I, f- I forget who it was, so I apologise for that. But also suggested letting you know the, when the submission that I'm going to read out was sent so they know that if I've already passed the date where you sent yours and it has not been used, then you may want to rethink it, maybe restructure it and send it back through again. I do have a massive backlog, currently about 180 or so of me still to get through. But here we got Dan Rogers. This was sent to us on June 27th. The mime, who looks like a generic black-suited, white-faced mime that you would see on a street corner. During interviews, he holds up uh, pre-made cue cards or communicates via rudimentary sign language, including his trademark catchphrase, and he points to the camera, then covers up his mouth, points to uh, points a cup around his ear and then points to his chest you can't hear me nice he never makes a noise during matches and is overly dramatic when selling he is all about wrestling as a performance art and gets angry when heels do not show proper respect for it he is he essentially dislikes loudmouth heels his finisher is a rear naked choke that he calls the silencer I really like this. I didn't start out liking it, but as soon as you started about how he would wrestle in the ring with the big overdramatic mime selling, I really like that. I would add one thing to it, though. Mm-hmm. 
uh, if he wouldn't use weapons, he would mime out a weapon, pick it, and then the other, the other, the opponent would react. So for it to this like invisible chair. Love that. Oh, that's a great little. That's edition. good. I like. I like the mime. Okay, so this is an email in from. And I say his name wrong every time because he's a regular pod swafter. Uh, uh, Stefan Zuchic, I believe it is. He looks like Zack Ryder, I can tell you that much. There's multiple pitfalls in that name. It's like, <laughs> it looks like Stephen, but it's Stefan. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, and then I would say Zuchic. Oh, you'd say Zuchic. I don't know. Because, like, I might. Like, uh, it's, it's my middle name and it's spelt the exact same way. So I've always been calling him Stephen, but then I've been told that it's Stefan. So. Mrs. Jones I think is, he's just having you on. It probably is. He's just mocking us now at this point. Mrs. Jones is his suggestion. She is a typical mother, protective of her own caring, but she doesn't put up for any BS. Her breaking point is when someone mentions her family. She is known to smother people when, and she comes down to the ring with curlers in her hair. She's in comfortable clothes, just like she's doing, doing chores around the house with a glass of Chardonnay. Her moveset includes... It's my mum. <laughs> She's going to be that fit as well. Hey! When did the mum jokes come out? So I left those behind at school. (laughs) Sorry. She's in comfortable clothes like she's doing. Sorry for having a genetically attractive family. Her moveset includes backhand chops, leg sweeps, bicycle kicks, scissor kicks, amongst others. She gives her opponent a super kick and tells them to brush their teeth three times a day. She also uses a wooden soup spoon as a weapon if you cast her as a heel. Her signature move is a clothesline. Her finisher, uh, uh, her finishers are a well-done chicken wing because you don't want to get sick. And she, uh, her finishing move really is the GTS because people are up past their bedtime. That's good. I like that. It's a good visual. Uh, the the everything you've you've just, like spoken about there fits within the character. It screams glow to me. Yeah, uh, but it's I'm I'm digging the mime more. Mime is I certainly. I think mime is uh, certainly above that at the moment. But let's see if Lars Welton from June twenty ninth can topple the mime. Already a win with a name of Lars. <laughs> cool well, first name. his suggestion is poem writer. He is a tall, strong, wide man. Looks a bit like Lars Sullivan. He has long, fluffy black hair, a clean-shaven face, and he wears glasses. He is barely fitting in his traditional 16th century outfit and will often rip out of it in matches. He carries around a book and a writing feather from which he reads a poem about his opponent or the town he is in before every match. Think Elias. Poe has got a wide arsenal of moves. No top rope nonsense, though. He is a classic fighter. His his main finisher is the last couplet, which is a double hammerlock pile driver. Furthermore, he uses the shake spear, which is a spear, obviously. Nice. Uh, the penta stitch punch, which is a five knuckle shuffle. But instead of you can't see me, Poe yelled to see or not to see. And last but not least, the Poetry Corner, a crossbody into his opponents who is hanging from the top turnbuckle. He, go, um, he often finds himself during matches thinking of new poems and going outside of the ring to write them down. That's good. This is a learned fellow. Do you get the pen to stitch? <laughs> uh, well, you're going to have to explain that to me because much. you are a much smarter man than I. I believe it's a play on the uh, rhythm of verse that William Shakespeare would use, which is the iambic pentameter. Mm. Ten syllables align, stress, unstress, stress, unstress. Alternating. Well, that's, I le- mean, if it is... That's and, all right, but you learn things as well. Unless if there's a guy called Joe Penterstitch, who was a famous <laughs> poet that I've never heard of. This is a... Uh, 
Yeah. I'll that's... be honest, I thought you'd go for poem writer. I thought really? Would, yeah, because I, I like poetry. Yeah, and it appeals to poetry corner. I mean, he's even named one of the moves after the segment we do on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good for that. I just and the Shakespeare is very good. I feel like I just feel like there's uh, it doesn't there's the sixteenth century stuff and the something doesn't gel. There's I feel like there's two different characters in here. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. I quite like it. I think that is, I like this guy that being this this poet that essentially like almost our Elias character who mm. reads poetry about the the town that he's in and why that town smells. But I also kind of like the juxtaposition of that of him being a Lars Sullivan sized you know gargantuan beast wearing these clothes that are sort of like he's ripping out of like the Incredible Hulk doing poetry. Yeah, a, a Jack Kirby creation come to life reading poetry. I think it's the the I think it's the the wide arsenal of moves and the, the no top rope stuff and the classic fighter stuff that that's where it doesn't really work yeah that, that was the line that jarred with me yeah. your powerhouse although i do like to um to see or not to see that's good that's very funny and as i said the shakes spear but is it funnier than the, the, the you can't hear me yeah i mean i've got it that was good they're all good as always but i've got to go with dan rogers's how about you i'm going with dan rogers as well congratulations the mime and if you want to submit any questions to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers by pledging on Patreon at any dollar amount. We've had a massive surge of new pledge hammers off the back of us putting up the poll for what song the losing team is going to do at Wrestling MediaCon against Cultaholic in our SummerSlam predictions. And I suppose now is a good time to sort of debut this or announce this. But we've... We're, so that we we went, we mentioned it before, the studio's in bad repair. Yeah. We can't really do anything that involves putting stuff down here. So like we can't do the new set yet. We can't do the going live. That's all on a hiatus, pretty much. Uh, but the new set is still in the background. It's just uh, not physically, just like <laughs> no. it's a project that's uh, still going on. It's a bigger we got project. quotes today. We got quotes, yeah. obscenely expensive quotes. <laughs> Got to change, got to get rid of that, that sort of pyro display yeah, that, that I mean, happens at the start of every episode. I thought it was worthwhile, but really, yeah. when you think about it, maybe not. WWE get away with not having it. Yeah, I totally. think we can. I don't think anyone really cares that at this point anymore. So what we've, uh, what we've done instead, because everyone keeps asking for NXT reviews, the reason we don't do them on the channel is because people don't watch them. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, the, but the people who love NXT would watch it but there's not nowhere near as many of you that as there are raw or smackdown yeah it's a smaller audience yeah so it it's nowhere near worth us making it like we'd, it wouldn't work we'd out lose money essentially we'd lose money yeah so and we need that money to to pay mortgages to pay for faker doors mask expensive mask collection so we which have I do, which i often put above my mortgages yeah our next uh our next goal it's for 750 Patreons. We're at like 6.30. 6.30 around that. And if we get there, that means NXT Rambles with you and Fakador. It's going to be me and Fakador. The NXT guys, because you don't care about the product. You don't like it that I much I do. Either. I'm just busy. You, you don't watch it just the same way as a lot of people don't. You don't watch NXT. But me and Fakador bloody love NXT. And so we are going to be doing weekly NXT reviews once we uh, hit that Patreon goal. And we're very excited about it. So if you're watching the show on YouTube or if you're a listener on the podcast version, then please do. And, and that sounds uh, exciting. Then please Go and go and support 
wrestle talk so we can make another show exactly and and that as, and that's a show as well that will be for everyone as well. oh it yeah, won't, yeah it won't yeah. just be for patreon backers it will just go up on a, a regular channel which also means there's another podcast episode oh. <laughs> which means you're essentially gonna be getting five podcasts a week Yes, at the moment. Four. We've got, no, because we've got the WOS reviews at the moment. Oh, of course, yeah. So if we reach, like, if we reach that Patreon back, uh, that Patreon goal, while WOS is still on, that means we'll get five podcasts. And imagine what's going to happen on pay-per-view weeks. Like, come oh summer slam, when you've got like, those big weekends where you've got NXT TakeOver and the... the it's coming up, the SummerSlam! Prediction shows. They're going to be podcasts out the wazoo. It's going to be that thing where everyone's going to be really great. We're going to shoot through to, like, 900 Patreons and we get. I didn't think it would happen this fast. <laughs> and, and we then, don't have the resources. And then people are going to be like, you lads put out too much content. Like, yeah. I can't keep up with it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway mailbag. Mailbag. You also get That's another all, perk from Patreon. You also get access to all of our bonus shows on there, like Wrestle Ramble Extra and Ramble Club. But the mailbag, Cameron Sykes asks, The Rock returns to WWE for one last match, but not against an established headliner. Who would you like to like for him to face? Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Well, Eric Rowan. Let's just get the obvious answer out the way the first. The rematch that everyone's been dying yeah, to see. Yeah, 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 totally. The WrestleMania rematch, no less. Oh. Can I answer this? And not just because it's the one that has been sort of teased online, but it's almost it's Elias. Because you can do the, the Rock concerts versus Elias concerts. It's a great way to put Elias over and maybe give him that little bit of a push. But... Really, you'd want to be able to use The Rock to create a yeah, new star. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like go for someone like a Ricochet, maybe. Like someone you could really mm. like push then into that upper echelon and use the star power of The Rock and, and Ricochet. That would be a really strange dynamic. Like 40, 50-year-old, whatever he is, eternal life Rock against Ricochet. Black Adam versus Ricochet. Yeah, I man. don't know how that match would... I'm sure it'd be like... Ricochet would do... 95% of it uh, that'd be interesting just but, bump around the rock but, so the rock would have to be a heel there you know, I think you still uh, maybe but someone actually suggested would you bring um, the rock back to be a heel versus Roman Reigns but I don't think that's ever going to really work well, people I, aren't going to boo the rock at this point no 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 he's gone past that it was like there was a certain point in HBK's career where he couldn't be heel anymore because he was just too lovable it's and Ric great Flair. Can't, yeah. can't turn Ric Flair heel at this point uh, so DNA tried it I would say it's not like he's an unestablished star, but he's a star that needs properly establishing at the top of the company, and that's a Roman Reigns heel versus Babyface The Rock. Babyface Rock comes back and just Reigns destroys him. Uh, I think that would be the, the best way. But in terms of creating a new star, uh, again, for that Babyface Rock heel up-and-comer dynamic, Adam Cole, I baby. A, I was about to say the exact same thing, because yeah. also you can do the Undisputed Era in that as well, almost do like a Nexus-style beatdown on The Rock and leave him laying. Yeah. The Rock's big return to WWE, we haven't seen him in a few years, comes out to do a promo out of nowhere, the Undisputed Era come in and do a do a big old beatdown on him, and you build up to an Adam Cole versus Rock match. Yeah, and they lose all their tag matches building up <laughs> to it. It'll be great WWE booking. Absolutely. It's the way to get people over. Uh, Josh Lee asks, who do you think has the best finishing move in WWE and who has the worst and why? One of my favourites is the end of days by Baron Corbin as it looks cool yeah. and it looks like it would actually hurt someone. Whereas I hate the Selena Del Sol, maybe spelt wrong, as it looks stupid and it looks like it hurts Kalisto more than them. <laughs> Thanks for the warm welcome back to Patreon. Feels great to be a pledgehammer again. Thank you, Josh. Welcome back, Welcome Josh back. Lee. He's got another question as well, but we'll do that one next week. So um, I would... 
obviously belly to bailey is a just terrible finisher you hate dakota kai's finisher as well where she Which does, it's where she jumps on their back with her knees and then there was like a canadian destroyer um mm, backbreaker thing bit contrived uh so i'm not gonna i'm gonna go for quite a weird one and it's not like it's this the, is worst it's yeah worst but it's not worst it's just i think it's something worth discussing I have never bought into the phenomenal forearm as a finishing move. That's fair enough, man. It's a great setup, but it's not like in terms of a finishing move. I get that it's like a proper knockout blow, and like that that way it makes sense. But I I grew up watching that as a setup Style, move yeah, I know. in in TNA. You and I are Styles Clash kids. Yeah. So when you see him doing moves that aren't really the Styles Clash, like when he debuted in WWE and he wasn't using the Clash, and he was trying to get over these new finishing moves. It's really funny if you go back and watch like AJ's early matches, like when he was starting to use the forearm, because you can in WWE in WWE because you can see him doing the internal logic of like how am I going to get this move over so he started doing things like he was elbowing the top rope mm. to get people to start like chant along uh. with it did that as his Wrestlemania match at Chris Jericho and like no one's reacting to it whatsoever like they're tuning up the band yeah totally I mean it's over now as a finishing move but yeah I, I can see your point I don't think it's the worst finisher in no no no, no it, it isn't it isn't uh, at all I just it's it's like the the worst finishes Bailey's so and but everyone already knows that but so it, I just thought I'd add move, an interesting one but that's a move that got over though like it's, it's a move that people buy into. Yeah. So I think I that's always that. Uh, but what do you think is the best finisher? Best finisher. I always... Oh, this is tough. I think the F5 always looks great. Oh, F5 is such a good move. Um, what do you think? Well, I think for my worst, um, I'm going to go with the coup de grace. I don't really like the coup de grace as a finisher. Like Aesthetically, it's as- not very pleasing. Yeah, yeah like when low-key does it, and, like, mm. and he really sticks it down, and you're like, oh, man, you've just stood on their... Ch- you've broken every one of their ribs and yeah. punctured their heart and lungs. But that's because he's actually wrestling for real, <laughs> and he doesn't know it to work. Yeah, um... I've always been a mark for the Canadian Destroyer as well, just because I think... It, I mean, it's so contrived, but it, it looks lovely. Um, and actually, um, thing is, uh, Murphy's Law, Buddy Murphy's finish is really cool. That's a really, really smart-looking finisher move. Mm. Then that might be my favourite one, because it, it's so unique. Um, and sort of like... An but yeah, the F5's a great, a great move. You know what? At the moment, like if we're just talking about finishers right now, the curb stomp. Yeah. I love how Seth Rollins has just been... Because he somehow still catches me by surprise, even when the guy is, like, on all fours. Like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> oh, it was the curb stomp! The match is over! Like, yeah, yeah. Sp- I love the curb stomp and very I've, much. I've said this before as well, as a bit of a controversial choice for worst, I don't like the Rainmaker. Mm. I've never been a fan of the Rainmaker as a finish move. I just It never looks like it has any impact and would take anyone out. It's not like when Bradshaw did the clothesline from hell and would, like, literally decapitate people. It's sort of like it always just looks like it's people just tend to fall down. It's like the the FU, or the FU, the um, the AA. It's just it's just you fall gently on your back. I disagree. Well, that's fair enough. That's why we have a different opinions. Gal Eldar has uh, written in to say, "Hi guys, I'm planning to do my ne- uh, go next year for my first Ooh. ever WrestleMania in New York for Mania 35. So I'd love to hear what your ideal main event of the show is. I'm not talking about re re." Uh, I'm talking more about realistic options, not fantasy booking yeah. like Styles versus Omega. Although going by our conversation earlier, of like them signing him up in January, maybe that could be an option. Personally, I'd love to go with anything involving uh, Rollins or AJ, ideally against each other. I know I'll probably get Roman again, but a man can dream. Mm. Uh, so, what do you think? What will your dream WrestleMania main event be? I well, <sighs> dream, but they said realistic. Yeah, realistic. See, as soon as you say realistic, my mind gets 
anchored down by this this Roman Reigns weight. Well, no, but so like, I think it's going to be Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, but I, I don't think what they mean is like, what would you like to see rather than like, what do you think we're going to get? Yeah. I mean, because for me personally, like it's sort of a, almost a bit of a, that's not much a dream match, but I think it's going to be a, a really terrific match would be Rousey Charlotte mm. at WrestleMania. I think those two would have an absolutely outstanding match. Yeah, and it'll feel big time as it'll well. Feel, it will feel really big. I think that that's a real like big match that they could put on as the main event. AJ versus Rollins would be a, and that, that would be a really good contest as well, if given the right time. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Oof, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. They've, They've kept them apart. They haven't had a. They had, a one, they had one match. They had a non-title yeah, match. Yeah, they did on the SmackDown. One. But Cass stopped it. Don't you remember? It was like mm. part of that amazing feud that Daniel Bryan came out of retirement for. Yeah, I would. Yeah, a Bryan, Bryan Styles, maybe Bryan Nakamura. Oh mate, Bryan Shane McMahon. That's Bryan Kurt to Angle. <laughs> uh, that's Josh Lee's second question. So finally, from Craig Roberts, I've been sat here wondering for the last half hour regarding the state of the WWE product. Does Vince have too many yes men in his ears when it comes to the final decision on what will happen in a certain storyline or a certain superstar's push? I think he means push. He's written Porsche. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe he wants to talk about sort of you know wrestlers Porsches. John Cena loves cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just looking at that Porsche. That's not the right Porsche. One of the 911, mate. That's what you really want. Showing my age there. That's the only Porsche car I could think of. It was one that came out in the 80s. Mm. Um, in my opinion, if you want more of a... Eight, sorry. If you... In my opinion, if... He's missing words here. In my opinion, if more of the agents backstage really say what they felt, even if it was negative to Vince, what does that do? If the majority of the viewers can see faults with the presentation storyline, why can't Vince? Mm. But that's, I think Vince doesn't see uh, the faults in storylines or presentation of things. I think in Vince's eyes, it's the best product because Vince is quite famously doesn't watch other wrestling. So, and that's been like forever. When he, when he gets new guys in, he doesn't watch any of their matches elsewhere. That's why he has talent scouts. That's why he has head of talent, head of talent relations to do that sort of thing. When a guy comes in, that's the first time he's ever really seeing them. So, yeah, so to Vince McMahon, WWE is the only way that wrestling is presented. So he wouldn't see an issue with it. Yeah, and I think when you work in a, in a corporation or for a company that is so all-encompassing like that, it sounds like a very demanding job. Yeah, I, I don't think many people would be able to see beyond their own segments. And like they think, you know, it's just a week-to-week grind of getting this stuff out last minute. And, oh, that one was good. That one wasn't so bad. But actually, if you step back and, and see it from a viewer's, like, fans like us's eyes, it's it's all subpar. Yeah. Although the vast majority is. Exactly. Vince doesn't even watch NXT. Yeah. So um, I'm sure there are... The, the, the more agreeable people to him are going to get higher up in the company. That's CM Punk's famous line. You surround yourself with yes men like John Laurinaitis. Yeah. People who so. just tell you you're doing a great job and not actually telling you that what you're doing isn't working. Mm. And maybe that is the... I mean, it probably is the case to this day, really. Vince surrounds himself with the people that he's worked with for years and the people that he very much likes and has good working relations with. Kevin Dunn's been directing WWE TV now for decades yeah. you know and things like that he's had the sort of you know similar producers always been working with michael hayes when hayes came over you know working with john laurenitis for for years when he was head of talent relations he works with people that he likes who are perhaps yes men you know bruce pritchard was a yes man you know for a long portion when he was working there. still is still, you're right he still is so 
I think, from my personal standpoint, I don't think that a yes man is the best thing for successful businesses. Um, I mean, I, okay, should should clarify that this is a very successful business. Mm. So whatever Vince has done, clearly it has worked. However, I think if you want to improve a product, you don't want to have someone just constantly telling you like, yeah, no, what you're doing is great. You want people to challenge you and say, I don't think it should be this way. I think it should be more this way. And Vince, the, the grab the brass ring, that famous uh, phrase is on the Stone Cold podcast, and then people tried to do it, and so he buried them. Yeah, and there's. I think it's. I can't remember who it is. It might be Mark Cuban. Or Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio's company. They've got a, a thing where if you have an idea, you're like, cool, this is my idea. I feel really passionate about it. The Everyone on the team selects someone else to be like that anti-guy. And that person, that just for debate's sense, has to like try and find every possible hole in that plan and yeah. be like, no, what about this? What about this? That's not going to work. And not only does it like expose things that you might not have thought of because you were so enamored with your own idea, which happens all the time. Like, you know, I'm certainly fallen victim to it. And the, but then it makes you find solutions for things you never knew. And if, if you can't, like maybe that isn't a foolproof plan. Uh, so I, I think those sorts of people, those disruptors in companies are very, very useful. I agree. Paul Heyman seems to have been one at some point. But he was uh, but, suspended for it. Well, yeah, any, anyone who does get like that seems to find themselves outside the company pretty quickly Jimmy Jacobs maybe uh, another example Would you like a WrestleTalk get better slash Rusev Hay? Would I? So this is from yes. Jeremy First off $5 pledge hammer here I love yes. the show and no matter the no matter the media video or podcast I tune in for it all now for the good stuff recently I've been watching a lot of wrestling and seeing as my wife Shannon and I are uh, I think it's Shannon yes Shannon and I just had our first baby she's congratulations. feeling congratulations to the wrestle talk brood she is feeling subconscious about her weight especially since she thinks the women's division is what she thinks I want her to look like I simply responded with you're perfect the way you are in my eyes but if you really want to change, I'm 100% behind it. Anyway, long story short, I am now on a 21-day fixed workout program. Ooh. Maybe been out about nine or days, uh, nine days or so, and I'm now at 187 pounds. I was previously 220 pounds. Holy moly! In nine days, he's lost 33 pounds. That's pretty good going. I think that's that must be somehow wrong. <laughs> that's dangerous. That's gotten to the point. That's gone through impressive to. No, that's too much, too fast. Are you okay? Yeah. How much water were you carrying? Exactly. And uh, my wife is only five pounds off her goal weight. As far as my Rusev, hey, uh, shout out, I joined the US Air Force back in 2010 and I was sworn in at the Rangers game here in Texas. After they took us back to meet the team, uh, uh, and I was wearing my Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt, similar to the one CM Punk wore during that infamous promo. I was spotted by none other than HBK himself. Whoa. Said he was there to watch the game, congratulated me, and offered me a drink. When I told him I was only 17 at the time, he said, I'm meant of pop. He handed me a Coke and my mother uh, a Dr. <laughs> Pepper. He then let me sit next to him in the box and watch oh. the game. Although uh, with him having a wrestling legend sat, to, sat next to me, I wanted to hear everything he had to say. He even called Stone Cold himself and let him 
him know that I was wearing what I uh, what I was wearing that day. I was congratulated by my childhood heroes uh, on that day. I will never forget. I know this email was long. My apologies. Keep up the consistency and quality work. I can't wait for the three man booth to take over, as I'm sure Fakerdor will be great in the role. Maybe he can impersonate someone every week as a new character. Just an idea. Thanks. Love you all. Bye. That's from Jeremy. Apologies for the readout of that. Low on punctuation, and I'm and I'm bad at reading. That's insane. That might be one of the best, most heartwarming Rusev Hayes we've had. Especially, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, Shawn Michaels, obviously, a very, uh, probably a very proud American, wanted to congratulate someone who was serving their country. And, you know, he bought you a nice, you know, bought you a Coke. Probably Phoned a, a, up stone cold. Exactly. To be like, this guy's wearing your T-shirt. Look how cool he is. What a nice story that is. Wow. And congratulations on becoming a father as well. And And the get better stuff keep at it absolutely keep at it right so here's an interesting one for you do you remember we started a few weeks ago now at this point or maybe a couple of weeks ago your wrestling confessions mm. and we thought this would be a really good segment turns out it's from another podcast yeah someone tweeted me about it the day after we did it saying like that's stolen from another show link you know with a link to that person's show so at that point i'm like oh do we want to do wrestling confessions we can now rebrand then? it yeah yeah. Inspired by this other podcast. Can, can we say wrestling confessions, but rather than the S's in confessions, they're Z's? Oh, well. Oh, That's a way around it. It's very confessions. 90s. Very 90s confessions. as well. Uh, but anyway, this is actually from our good friend, Vinny Shway. Vinny Shway. Vinny Shway, who you may recall on YouTube, he used to do those really funny wrestle ramble videos, like little sort of gifts and stuff uh, of the show. Mm. Um, very, very nice chap. Uh, anyway, so he wants to send something in for the wrestling confessions. A story of a big dream shattered before it even began just to preface this confession no genitals were smashed anywhere in the story my brother and i have always roughhoused each other as brothers often do though they only get more intense when we were introduced to the world of professional wrestling around early 2002 we were hooked and being a wrestler became one of my dream jobs i mean sure we were aware of dangers of trying it at home but who cares, I would scoff. Wrestling is way too much fun. Why would it have any real immediate consequences? <laughs> also around that time... My... <laughs> Also around that time, my brother and I were spending a summer uh, day at our grandparents' house and we got the bright idea of throwing ourselves around in the back bedroom. My brother, being the stronger one of us, lifts me up to perform an angle slam on the bed. Yay, we're doing wrestling, we naively thought to ourselves. However, as I landed on the softness of the bed, we heard a loud crash. We laid there for a moment in complete silence. Then we both both sat up to find out that the window over the bed was completely smashed. I then turned to see my brother looking down in complete shock. Following his terrified stare, I see that my right foot is covered in blood and most likely filled with glass. Turns out my right foot swung widely through the window mid-angle slam. However, you, my- you did better than Shane McMahon did. <laughs> Shane didn't break the glass. <laughs> he just got a nasty concussion. Yeah. <laughs> However, my immediate concern was not my injured foot, but instead something else entirely. And I could tell my brother was thinking the same thing. As we both looked at each other in terror, we had but one question. Who's going to tell Grandpa? Oh, no, not Grandpa. Our Grandpa, rest his soul, was a strict, no-nonsense World War II veteran and in his younger (laughs) days didn't tolerate any sort of youthful mischief. Our mum would tell us the story about these sorts of times and let's say our youthful mischiefs in the good old days called for not-so-good discipline. After hearing these tales of years and not experiencing them ourselves, we feared for our lives. 
But we were raised that honesty was the best policy, so we sheepishly entered the living room to tell him what had happened, and even though the warning signs, uh, even though we were signing our own death warrants. I could feel the absolute fury emanating from him about hearing this, not just about the window was broken, but how it was broken. However, a curious thing happened. Instead of facing discipline from the good old days, our grandpa gave us a lecture and tendered to my foot. In hindsight, I realized decades of mellowing out the fact that we visited our grandparents regularly must have softened our stupid decision in his eyes. We thought, we had initially thought our, uh, <clears throat> what I initially thought uh, was anger was actually concerned over my well-being and the lecture was to make sure we never did anything foolish like that again. And it's worked, since my foot has yet to make contact with any form of window to this day. All things considered, it was the best way for a foolish 10-year-old wrestling career could have ended, with gonads still intact. But it did happen 15 years ago and it's past 1am as I'm typing this, so I probably misremembered some details. Apo apologies if it's too rambly for your podcast, regardless, keep up the good work or keep up the consistent work. He's also written dot dot uh, ps dot 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 consistent should be a new t-shirt. Yes, dot 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 consistent. consistent. That's from Vinny Shui. Thank you very much, Vinny. That is, uh, imagine that. You don't. That's what scares me that you don't realise that you've hurt your foot like that. Mm. And you're just like, what's up? What's the matter? Oh, my foot's covered in blood and glass. <laughs> I really like the choice of words. Real immediate consequences. <laughs> that that set it up for me as this. This isn't going to be a consequence later. Absolutely. This is an immediate consequence. All right, we've got one final Rusev hey before we get on out of here. This one is from Joe. Uh, greetings, Ollie and Luke and Laurie too. Laurie's not here today. Um, he's been he, off this week. He's been off this whole week. I'm Joe, a pod swafter. A pod swafter? Who pod swafter. A pod swafter from the tiny island of Singapore. I used to watch all the Wrestle Ramble episodes on YouTube, but then I discovered the convenience of the podcast version, so I listen to you guys all the time on my commute to and from work. Anyway, my wrestling story took place in mid-2015. WWE were having a live event here in Singapore that year, but I had experience with some WWE superstars the night before the event. I work at a popular club, and the night before WWE, the night before the WWE event, we were hosting a ladies' night. Ooh. Typically, one of the busier nights of the week. Amongst the crowd, I saw those fit, uh, fit-looking meatheads entering the club. In a place 70% filled with average-sized Asians, these big guys stood out. As I got closer, their faces became more familiar to me. A second later, I marked out. It was Xavier Woods. Primo and Epico, Los Matadores, Di Diego and Fernando at the time, and without masks, of course, and veteran referee Mike Kyoda. Yes. No one else seemed to recognize them um, because they're WWE superstars. We've heard from Big Apple Takedown. One mm. of the benefits of being a WWE superstar is no one recognizes you in public. Even when you're the reigning WWF champion. <laughs> Because they were walking in my direction, I approached them to say hi. I shook hands with all of them, and I asked why El Torito wasn't with them. Because they were still the Matadors at Low, the time. And, uh, but they love that. Yeah. I, it goes, <laughs> he said, I asked one of the Matadors, in brackets, I can't remember who. Okay, I lied. I couldn't and still can't tell them apart, even though they are not twins. And they joked that they, uh, he joked that he didn't know pets were allowed in the club. Yuck, nice. yuck, yuck. Nice. I was a big fan of the New Day stable at the time. They still hadn't reached their peak of popularity, liking them before they were cool, I see. Um, and they were still in the early part of their heel run, so I told Xavier I'd be screaming, New Day Rocks, the following night, and I would be right by the entrance ramp. He told me he'd look out for me during their entrance and say hi. He didn't. What a true heel. 
I didn't speak to Mike Yoda because, honestly, I didn't realise who he was until I showed my cousin the photo I took with them. <laughs> to be fair, he didn't have a referee shirt on, so of course I didn't recognise him. Oh, poor Mike Yoda. <laughs> he just said, is he going to say hi to me as well? And then you just look at him and go, hi, man, how's he going? Well, Not, he just, you're Mike Kyoda. Kyoda. It described here, without it, he just looks like a generic older white man. Mm. Which is true. Uh, the real story happened sometime later that night. One of the matadors, still don't know which one uh, which one it was, came up to me while I was doing my rounds. The following is a rough transcript of that conversation. Him. Hey man, where can we get a smoke here? Oh. Me. Smoke? You can't smoke in here, man. You gotta go outside. Let's just preface all this with allegedly. I, I, well, there was part of me that wasn't going to read this out, but yes, allegedly. According to who's Joe. Joe. Joe from Singapore. Allegedly, allegedly. from Joe. Allegedly. We're not saying this is a true fact. Allegedly, this is a conversation that took place. In fact, we don't even really know who it is because he doesn't know either. Allegedly. Uh, him. No, I mean, where can I get some? Me. Oh, well, there's a 7-Eleven close by. I can show you the way. Him. No, I mean some smoke. You know, jazz cigarettes. Jazz cigarettes. Well, no, he's written another word, but okay. uh, I'm using the term jazz cigarettes. The wacky backy. Yes. Me. Jazz cigarettes? It's illegal here, man. Him. Really? You don't have any? Me. Ha ha. No, I don't. He then patted me on my shoulder, smiled, and walked to the other superstars who were a few meters away. I was surprised he uh, surprised he even asked me that. A WWE superstar just asked me for some jazz cigarettes. I guess they don't get tested under the wellness policy when they're on an overseas tour. Thank you guys for the consistently entertaining contest on podcast, YouTube, and everywhere else. If you guys ever start selling that ooh Kingslayer or it was fine T-shirts, I would purchase them immediately. Make sure you ship your items to Singapore, though. I'll probably write again about another wrestling story I have when I was a teenager it involves superstars and their tour buses also in singapore talk again soon thanks joe and he sent us images from that night whoa mid-2015 he's put a cat image over his face though for whatever reasons probably a singapore thing makes i guess it better it does but there's mike yoda ah oh, look at mike yoda with a the, with a sunburnt tan he's given it all the fingers and there's a uh, there's the i think they're called them, the matadors then primo and epico and xavier woods nice. who's doing like the samoa joe mm. call me thing that he does when he walks down to the ring. Call me maybe. Yeah, it does. He like every time he slows to the throne, he's like call me maybe, here's guys. My, here's my uh, number. <laughs> call me maybe. Absolutely. So thank you very much, Joe. Allegedly, store. I know, alleged don't story. think the WWE wellness policy tests for cannabis. It does. That's why uh, Randy Orton calls it the um, the the weed ban. Allegedly. Hmm. Or oh, the the weed tax. Sorry. I thought allegedly. that was a separate thing. If you're caught, hmm. not not the wellness. Policy. Or maybe it is then. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I just know that. Alleged, it's, a, it's not a USADA thing. No. Which WWE use. Maybe it's in the larger wellness policy document, which is freaking enormous. You ever scrolled, not read it, but scrolled through that I thing? Have not. That is a good minute of scrolling. <laughs> wow. It's like iTunes uh, oh, the, terms, yeah, and terms and conditions. <laughs> I haven't got time to read this. Of course I accept. Uh, but that is all we've got time for for this episode. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Go Home Review for SummerSlam's Raw. And, man, it's a big old week next week because you've got podcasts out the wazoo. Not only have you got the Raw and SmackDown and regular magazine episodes and the regular WOS reviews, you're also going to have prediction shows for NXT, prediction shows for SummerSlam, an NXT review and a SummerSlam review, and then the Raw and SmackDown after SummerSlam reviews as well. It's a big old run. It's a big old run of podcasts. Can you imagine what's going to happen when we have the NXT reviews in there as well? Yeah. A big old day. But that is all we've got time for. Take care. Have a good weekend. I love you. Goodbye.
Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of Wrestle Ramble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of Wrestle Ramble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever Wrestling Media Hall of Fame and wrestling shows from Impact Wrestling, where they will be taking on the best the UK has to offer, and Revolution Pro Wrestling, featuring the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger defending his British J Cup crown. Tickets are on sale now, so head over to WrestlingMediaCon.com. That's WrestlingMediaCon.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.